they were just going through so many different things. They're like asking me a thousand questions and I'm like, oh wow, this is so much going on. And the ones like, you had a stroke and I was like, what? They were like, yeah, we think that staph infection caused you to have a stroke. All right, so I was like, well, I'm 26. How could I have a stroke? And they're like, well, it happens. And I was just like trying to comprehend all this like stuff going on. I was like, so not only do I have a staph infection, now I have a stroke on top of it. The next day I met up with a therapist cause they were like, we're gonna start you on physical therapy. And she kind of went through a lot of different stuff like explaining like strokes and everything like that. And I was like, well, I definitely had a lot of these feelings beforehand. I wish I would have not hesitated and I could have gone in right away when I felt really sick instead of just waiting. Once I was up in a certain floor for five days and then they were like, okay, we're gonna try to get you to the rehab floor which was a long process, but then I got transferred to another rehab floor. Yet another COVID test had to be done. Every floor that you go to had to have another COVID test. I was on like five different floors at one point, so it's quite intense. It was every day, Monday through Friday, three hours worth of physical, like all these therapies combined. I had to do three hours a day worth of therapies including physical, occupational speech. And I was just like, whoa, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that. That's like so much. Like at first there's so much stuff going on and it overwhelms you. And being my age, I was just taken away from it. Like I was like, I'm 26 years old. How can I be going through all this? Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. A staph infection is a type of bacterial infection that most often affects the skin. Staph infections are also associated with an increased risk of suffering a stroke, and this increased risk can last for up to six months after the initial infection. In this episode, we'll hear from Marshall Matson from Medford in Wisconsin who suffered a stroke at the age of 26. I was a very, very active person, very fun, very live life to the moment kind of situation, hung out with friends. I worked a lot. I work in the blood donation, so I collect blood for patients and everything like that, donating blood and all that. I'm a phlebotomist. It all started one day. I thought I was super sick, so I, like, just stayed home. I should indulge that I have a autoimmune deficiency. So it's called hyper IgE to otherwise Job syndrome. So I have a very weak immune system, which causes me to be very prone to staph infections and other skin infections. And I've had some issues in the past with it. I got very sick and my job was like, oh, you have to go get tested for COVID. So I got tested and it came back negative and I was like, all right, awesome. And that night I was laying in bed and I was just like not feeling good at all. All of a sudden I started throwing up and I felt my whole left side just go like this numbness. Like I could feel in my legs, my toes, my hand. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? And that was like around 2.30 in the morning. 
So I live with my grandmother. I moved back so she didn't have to live alone. So I go to her and I'm like, I think there's something really wrong here. And she's like, what's going on? I was like, I can't really feel my left side. So I called the nurse's hotline and they were like, well, with COVID and everything like that, we recommend you go to the urgent care. Unless you think you need to go to the ER, then come to the ER. And I was like, well, I feel really crappy. So I'm going to go to the ER, right? I remember getting into the car. And then when we got to the ER, I remember walking out and going to the waiting room. And then when I got into the ER room is when it was really hard to stand and all that kind of stuff. So they were like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And and I was like, I don't know. It's just really hard to control my whole left side. I couldn't do anything. And so they were like, okay, so we got to get you into like a CAT scan or something like that. So they did. And then they were like, we're admitting you because you have a staph infection. So that's what's making you sick. And I was like, okay. So they admitted me that night and the next morning they like all these doctors came in and they were just going through so many different things. They're like asking me a thousand questions and I'm like, oh, wow, this is so much going on. And the ones like you had a stroke and I was like, what? They were like, yeah, we think that staph infection caused you to have a stroke. All right. So I was like, well, I'm 26. How could I have a stroke? And they're like, well, it happens. And I was just like trying to comprehend all this like stuff going on. I was like, so not only do I have a staph infection, now I have a stroke on top of it. So the next day I met up with a therapist because they were like, we're going to start you on physical therapy. And she kind of went through a lot of different stuff, like explaining like strokes and everything like that. And I was like, I definitely had a lot of these feelings beforehand. I wish I would have not hesitated and I could have gone in right away when I felt really sick instead of just waiting. I recommend anybody, if you ever feel like there's something wrong with you, just go in. Don't wait. Seek help. Once I was up in a certain floor for five days and then they were like, okay, we're going to try to get you to the rehab floor, which was a long process. But then I got transferred to another rehab floor. Yet another COVID test had to be done. Every floor that you go to had to have another COVID test. I was on like five different floors at one point, so it's quite intense. After Marshall's initial diagnosis, he started post-stroke therapy. So when I got up to rehab, great people there, amazing people, loved them. They started evaluating me and doing like their evaluations to see what I'm going to be able to do and everything like that. And then it was every day, Monday through Friday, three hours worth of physical, like all these therapies combined. I had to do three hours a day worth of therapies, including physical, occupational speech. And I was just like, whoa, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. That's like so much. Like at first, there's so much stuff going on and it overwhelms you. And being my age, I was just taken away from it. Like I was like, I'm 26 years old. How can I be going through all this? So the day before my birthday is when I got to the rehab floor. And then we were doing all this stuff. My first day of therapy, walking and all that stuff was on my birthday. And I just remember thinking, this is a great way to spend my 27th. I can't even do the things that I want to do. In my mind, I kept on thinking, I can't 
focus on the negative. I got to focus on that I'm still alive and I'm still here and I can beat this. I can get over it. I can progress. So that started my first time in the rehab. So I was up there for about eight days worth of rehab. And then the doctor up there noticed something was wrong with me. And she wanted to do this, like, she was like, we got to get some other tests done on you because there's just something not right with, like, stuff. She found that there was fluid around my heart. So then she consulted a cardiologist. And then they did even more tests. They found that my one valve was leaking. So they're like, yeah, you need emergency surgery to fix that. And so now I have a mechanical valve in my heart. And not only did they have to do that, but they had to fix my enlarged aorta. And then they found out how my stroke happened. I had a little hole in my heart because I guess when you're born, everybody has it. And then it just like kind of like closes up as you start maturing. Mine never did. So the infection was able to get through that little hole and then cause a blood clot to happen. After my first heart surgery, I remember they were like, all right, we're going to get you back to rehab. So I went back. My one therapist came in. She was like, you just don't look good at all. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't remember anything about the second time. And all of a sudden, I just remember trying to sit up and like my wounds were just like oozing stuff out. And then all I remember hearing was them saying, you need that cardiologist we need the doctor and then he came in and he just started saying that prep the OR prep the OR I had another septic infection like I went septic again so they had to reopen up my chest and drain all that stuff out and then they found a golf-sized ball of abscess on my heart which they had to remove that coming up Marshall on taking extra precautions. In the middle of the night, if I have to use the bathroom, I have to put all this equipment on just to get up to walk to the bathroom. You know, taking those extra precautions. Every time I take a step or if I decide to take a walk, I have to like always calculate out my path or make sure that there's nothing that could possibly go wrong, like I can trip on or anything like that. So it's just like a very strategic lifestyle now. And the importance of a support system. A lot of people wanted to come see me, but I was just like, oh, you can't because I only am allowed one person. But just to have like a support system or to know that you're not alone is very, very important to me. I don't want anybody to go down to that depression stage because they feel like they can't overcome this because it's possible. Let's hear about Marshall's recovery process after he left hospital. Oh, I was ecstatic to come home. I was just so happy because after two and a half months, nothing against hospital food, but it sucks. Going through all the therapies that I did, it was intense therapies, a lot of stuff. And I just remember telling myself every morning I woke up, I will walk, I will be able to use my arm, I will be back to who I am. I feel amazing every day I wake up, I do my exercises, I started taking steps without my cane. I look forward to waking up and seeing what I can do next because it's given me such a different outlook on life. 
I'm doing like leg lifts, flexing my ankle muscles and everything like that. A lot of stuff with my arm, grabbing things with my hand, trying to get those fine motor skills working. I have in-home therapy that comes twice a week and she really pushes my limits because I said, you can push me as hard as you want. I want to work. I don't have full use of my left arm yet. It's still like getting back there. I still have to wear an artificial AFO to walk around. So like in the middle of the night, if I have to use the bathroom, I have to put all this equipment on just to get up to walk to the bathroom, you know, taking those extra precautions Every time I take a step or if I decide to take a walk, I have to like always calculate out my path or make sure that there's nothing that could possibly go wrong, like I can trip on or anything like that. So it's just like a very strategic lifestyle now. Marshall has also visited other stroke patients at his local hospital to help them with their recovery. The therapist up on the floor that I was with because they kept on saying with my personality and my outlook on life and everything and my age they really wanted me to be like a stroke advocate for them because they're like you just have such a personality that is so witty fun and you just light up a room and you can help anybody go through something so like they really want me to come back because it sucks going through at such a young age So I offered my, like, assistance, like, if they ever have another person like me with that age bracket and they're going through a hard time, I'd be more than happy to come in and sit down and talk with them and kind of go over some of their stuff with them. Because to me, that would have helped a lot to hear another person like my age go through it and see how they overcome it. I really want people to, like, if they're going through something, I think it's very important to have somebody that went through it or can support you and a support system is so much needed during something like this because you can get very depressed. I got very depressed sitting in the hospital for two and a half months. I was only allowed one visitor a day. So going from seeing a lot of people every day to just only one specific person could be allowed into the place kind of like bummed me out because a lot of people wanted to come see me, but I was just like, oh, you can't because I only am allowed one person. But just to have like a support system or to know that you're not alone is very, very important to me. I don't want anybody to go down to that depression stage because they feel like they can't overcome this because it's possible. Marshall thinks the key to a good recovery is your mindset. Stay positive because negativity is a lot easier to feel than positivity. There's nothing really positive about a stroke, but if you survive, take that moment and just realize that you survived this. I survived death about three times in this with the heart surgery, the infections, and a stroke. I was like, I survived a lot. So I took that as a win. I took that as a, this is my second chance at life, my outlook on life. Advice for loved ones would be, if you're going through something, if you know somebody going through something like this, be very supportive, check in on them, because sometimes it's easy to forget that, you know, they can't do everything that, like, you can. And then 
just work as hard as you can every day. Keep your great attitude up and you're going to achieve a lot more. Marshall's stroke happened alongside a number of different health issues. But despite a lengthy stay in hospital, he was able to return home and continue his recovery, as well as help other stroke survivors do the same. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. After eight hours, a neurologist saw me. He wanted to see a CT scan. They saw that, no, it wasn't just a panic attack at all, but an ischemic cerebral stroke in my left and deep part. Also that it could be too late for me after eight hours. For sure, it was too late for the thrombolysis, so they had to intervene surgically. They use a catheter that was inserted into my femoral artery, the level of the groin. It go up to the vessel of my head and aspirated the blood clot. Thanks for subscribing to Stroke Stories and please do continue to rate and comment because that'll help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, our DMs are always open on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.